the blast from our past network. Dogs, man, what you think? It's hunting dogs. Hunting dogs mean hunters. They can show us the way out of here. Getting close. Yeah, great. Hey, Casper, we got some hunting boys nearby. They can show us the way out of here, Casper. They can show us the way out. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me is co-host Dean. And this week, we are covering Southern Comfort. Now, Dean, I'm a fan of director Walter Hill. I think he makes very gritty, very, very realistic films. I haven't seen a lot of his catalog, so I pulled up his filmography. And uh, this one kind of stuck out for me. Uh, When I read the synopsis, I was like, hmm, this sounds sounds interesting. So that's why we're going to cover it today. Hey, that makes sense, man. It's a uh, it's a movie that I have not seen, but a movie that I've uh, heard was good. So uh, I was excited when you threw this one at me. I also had not seen it. Um, what did you think of it? I liked it. Did you? Um, yeah, because I, I don't really like war films. Um, I'm just not a big war movie guy. So when it started, I was like, okay, all right, fine. Uh, but then it kind of wasn't a war movie it was just like a thriller it's a a survival uh, thriller yeah it's a survival thriller and i got into it in the middle i got i got into it for sure yeah because last week you didn't like our movie because you didn't have anybody to root for and i just thought that was going to be what happened again here this week because there isn't really anybody to root for sure there is there aren't, there aren't really, like, redeeming characters to, to cheer for in this movie. Yeah, but, like, but like you have Powers Booth's character who's, like, what am I, what have I gotten into? Like, what have I stepped into? He's kind of your vessel in the movie, right? Because he's just stepped into this movie, basically, and he doesn't really know what's going on. So I felt connected to him. Okay, so he would be yeah. the, one connect, the, the one connection you could have. Yeah. Okay. I was down with him. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this movie, uh, it's got like a similar story to um, Walter Hill's The Warriors. Uh, You know, it's got this group of characters stuck in unfamiliar territory, and they have to avoid extreme danger as they try to make their way home. Yeah. Uh, But I felt like they were really trying to get a narrative across in this movie, um, about how different personalities handle being in the face of death. 
Right. And the movie ended up um, having a, like a much heavier tone than I was expecting. Like, right. Okay. When yeah. I read the synopsis, I was like, oh, that sounds like a really fun action movie. But it turns out like it was just pure survival thriller. It was no fun. Yeah. There is no action. Like there is action, but yeah. not in the sense of like fun action. There was no. there was action, but it was a pure, like the purest sense of survival movie. And yeah. I wasn't ready for that. So okay. it, it caught yeah. me, it caught me a bit off guard. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. I liked it though. I did like it. Yeah, I uh I didn't really do a lot of looking into it ahead of time, but what I did see was when I like clicked on it, the genres had like mystery and thriller and, you know, something else in there. So that kind of just, that kind of clued me in that it was going to be sort of this thrillery, not really sure what's going on aspect. So then when I saw the, the war type of movie, I was like, okay, okay. And then as they started to get sort of deeper into the swamp, then I was like, okay, I think I know what's how this movie's going to be. So I kind of caught on as it was going. Right. Yes, definitely not a war movie uh, by by any stretch of the imagination. No. You could obviously parallel this to a war movie, but director Walter Hill has stated many times, that's not what this is. This is not a war movie. It is a survival movie. Yeah. So it was released in 1981 with a budget of $8 million. The film did not do very well. Um, I found a few different numbers. One of them was it made $3 million. One of them said $5 million, uh, but it didn't make its money back. I get it. Like, this isn't the oh, type sure. of movie that – it's not a blockbuster. It's, it's not something you're like, oh, I got to go to the theater to check out Southern Comfort. Yeah. So So I get it. But that's too bad because, you know, I think the movie through the years has gained respect – for for what it is uh it just didn't make a lot of money yeah i think it's like a pretty solid movie for like not really having much uh you know not many people know it out there you know not many i don't think many people i know have seen it so yeah it's a pretty solid movie for that for being that yes yeah i agree with that yeah for a movie i've never seen before and hadn't even really heard about i had to like look up the guy's catalog yeah pretty good but yeah, that that's what, you know, my feeling is about Walter Hill. I feel like his catalog is full of, um, you know, kind of gems like this that yeah. you don't hear a lot about. They haven't made a lot of money, but I feel like he's a really good director and he he goes for very real stuff. Like his movies yeah. feel like they could actually happen. Um, I haven't seen a movie yet from him that's uh, so fantastical that you're like, oh, this this could never happen. I feel like most of his movies feel like, you know, in a time and place that could actually happen and be going on somewhere. So I I like him for that reason. For sure. It's a bit of a breath of fresh air um, of a movie, you know? Yeah. Even though this was not a breath of fresh air. (laughs) Like, no. Sitting through it, it there was no fresh air at all. This was, uh, I was being suffocated with uh, survival thrillerness. Yeah, I was going to say my head was was being uh, uh, pushed underneath the swamp water. I was just being yeah. held underneath the water for an hour and 45 minutes. Felt like that. Yeah. So this was written by Walter Hill, uh, Michael Caine, and David Giller, Dean, who's a big name. 
Like Michael Caine, Michael Caine? No, not that Michael Caine. Okay. Uh, uh, a different Michael <laughs> okay. Caine, but David Giller. Okay. Um, okay, David produ- Giller. Producer okay. of all the Alien movies. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, cinematography by Andrew Laszlo. Now, he worked on The Warriors, Rambo First Blood, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and Inner Space, among others. And I thought the movie was shot really well, considering the location that they were dealing with, which was mostly Swampland, uh, which was, I'll be honest with you, it was one of the intriguing uh, factors about this movie that made me want to review it. Just, Just this environment. Yeah. Um, you don't see many films in this type of location because of how hard it is to shoot there. Walter Hill said that they had like roughly three minutes to set their shots up hmm. before the tripod would start sinking in the swamp. Wow. Yeah. So they would just like really quickly get something in place, do a really quick shot, pull it out, move somewhere else. So um, that's really impressive. Also, like watching these actors, you know, going through the swamp in in so many of these scenes, I really felt for them. Like yeah. this was shot in the winter. Um, I mean, it's shot in Texas and Louisiana, so winter is not like winter up here in Canada, but still rainy and cold. These guys are rarely not walking in some sort of water. Yeah. Like whether it be six inches of water, whether it be like chest high uh they're always wet and soaked and i can just imagine as an actor like what that feels like just to have your feet wet all day long weeks on end uh they were probably so miserable that definitely i I just i gotta give you know respect um to them for doing all of this it was a three month long shoot so they were there for quite a while yeah um i i i'll be honest i felt in a couple of scenes, like lines were getting rushed because of that. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. And yeah. I think it, you know, I think it was a bit unfortunate, but man, hats off to all of the people who were involved in acting and the crew of this movie. Just, you know, a great undertaking. Yeah, for sure. The environment, I think, is very key to uh, the suspense of the movie and the almost the believability of the characters because, like, a lot of them are going to start to sort of lose their mind deep in this, in this swamp. And I get it just by looking at them. They're so wet. They're so dirty. Um, They're actually just like in this swamp. So that's one of my favorite parts actually about the movie is the environment that, that, you know, it took place in. Um, So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it really, uh, seeing them, you know, seeing them in that kind of state really, helped me understand and also made me very scared for them. Like they, you know, you're wet, you're, you're, you're dirty. You're not, you're not really at your best. And it, I just felt like, you know, they could be in trouble at any second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now music was by a Rye Cooter. And I looked him up before watching the movie and read that he's most well known for playing the slide guitar. And I'm a big fan of the slide guitar. I I love the way it sounds. So I was very much looking forward to the score in the movie. And this guy delivered. I thought it was just perfect, perfect um, tone uh, that he set uh, for the movie. So uh, that was really nice. 
Yeah, a lot of this music kind of reminded me of the music in Firewatch. Um, just oh, sort yeah, of okay. a, a little similar with with the uh, you know some of the music when they're out in the swamp and stuff. I thought I thought it was a good feel for sure. Yep, good southern feel. Definitely, very very uh, Louisiana ish feel. Yes, I would say. Now, before we get going into the story. I did want to touch on the National Guard because I think it's important to explain to people who might not know what the National Guard is. Because Great, like me. Yes, perfect. This is for you, Dean. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> because the uh, group of uh, troops in this movie are in the National Guard. Okay. Okay, so each state in the U.S. has a National Guard, which is essentially a reserve army. They're not part of the main U.S. military that would engage in wars. They're there for support in case a larger army was ever needed, which is not very often. Okay. So while there are some full-time members in the National Guard, most of the soldiers have full-time jobs and serve part-time as a National Guard member. I see. The guard might get called in for like a riot situation. Uh, if there's a bombing, they might get called in. Uh, they would get called in for natural disasters. And in the most extreme cases, they would be required to go support the army in another country. Okay. So we're not talking about hardened soldiers of war when we look at the characters in this movie. And I think that's important to understand as we get into it. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Tim, because I had no idea uh, what the National Guard was. I have just heard call in the National Guard before. Never knew what that was. Um, so, yeah, that actually adds a lot. Uh, and it adds a lot to a lot of their conversations they were having that I wasn't really uh, 100% sure I understood. Perfect. Okay, now, quick synopsis. A squad of National Guards on an isolated weekend exercise in the Louisiana swamp must fight for their lives when they anger local Cajuns by stealing their canoes. Yeah, you got it. Uh, well, I, I guess you know, IMDb got it. Okay. They got it. They got it. <laughs> they got it. All right. So it's uh, 1973 in Louisiana. We see the Louisiana national guard running some drills we meet our main group of guys we'll be following. And I quickly got the sense that they're not taking things very seriously. Mm. Um, I get that vibe because the thing that they're all most excited about is that one of the main characters, Spencer, played by Keith Carradine, he has a bunch of hookers waiting for them at the end of their military exercise. Right. So, uh Great. Sounds good job, Keith. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, good job, Spencer. Spence. Sorry, Spencer. Good job, Spence. Spence. Way, yeah. way to set set it up. Uh, now, while we meet a lot of characters here in the opening, Spencer and Harding, played by Powers Booth, are sort of the main guys in this movie. Yeah. So a group of nine of these troops start moving through the swamp on a forty k hike when they come across an area that's supposed to be dry land, but is covered in water. It must be the wet season. Yeah. They see a small camp near the water with some dead fish and rabbits strung up, as well as some canoes. The sergeant wants to turn back 
because this body of water was not in the plan. He thinks they right. should go back, reconsider. But uh, the character of Reese, played by Fred Ward, wants to push forward because he's very interested in those hookers, Dean. He's very excited about the hookers. He's probably the most excited. Yeah. Now, the character Coach, played by Alan Autry, doesn't like the idea, but the men are able to persuade the sergeant, and they take these canoes. So, like, I, I just, like, what right do they have to take these canoes? Like, this was, to me, was just shocking. They have no right. Yeah. Why would they think they can just take these canoes? I mean, my thought would be that they're they're considered U.S. military, so they feel like they're above, you know, any of the locals in this area. So that's that's why they do they 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 would do it. I think that's what I was getting. It was sort of like the arrogance of them, um, where they're just like, yeah, like it's our stupid dumb mission to go over here and do this thing, so we got to do it. So we got to take these canoes, and it's like their mission's not even like really real. Like they're just like doing an it's exercise, an exercise basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not even like it's they're just practicing. Um yeah. I mean I could see in a war situation they would grab yeah, these canoes. For sure. So I think they were trying yeah. just to like, you know, mimic that. Simulate like, it. It's a simulated okay. yeah. war um exercise. So they would do what they would do in war, which is take these canoes. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Now I, I really did like seeing Reese pushing for them to take the canoes and Coach not wanting to. Because mm-hmm. Coach has sort of been the voice of reason early on in this movie. He didn't think the hookers were a good idea. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to take yeah. the canoes. So what this does for me early on in the movie is drive home that this isn't the army. Um, yeah. These are men who are allowed to share their personalities with us and voice their own opinions. Right. Yeah, that's right. They're uh, they're not as uh, concerned about command. Uh, they are they're fine to talk back to the sergeant and try to convince him to do something. And the sergeant seems fine with it as well. Yeah, yeah. Sergeant played by Peter Coyote, who's in E.T. Oh, okay. Didn't recognize him because yeah. I hate E.T. I know, Tim. I know. I, hate uh, I hate it. <laughs> I know. I should watch it again, though, because I hate it as a child, and I am no yeah. longer a child, but mm. I carry the burden of hate with me for that movie. So Yeah. Well, I should... I. It deserves another chance. I'm, I'm okay, being rude. sure. I'm being rude. It deserves yeah. another chance. I was going to say, it's like a children's movie, so I don't know if it's going to get any better on you now. Well, I didn't like it as a child, so maybe it might work better for me as an adult. I don't know. Okay, that maybe that's true. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I will watch that one day. Um, uh, it'll be interesting. But hey, and we if, will cover it. <laughs> if I watch it, we'll cover it. <laughs> if I don't like yeah. it though, I will never stop leaning into that movie and how bad hey, I think it is. That's fair. But Spielberg is so good, though. That's the thing. Because I'm like, why, why, Tim? Don't you like ET? It's Spielberg, and one he of the does best. so many. He is one of the best. He does so one many great things. Yeah, he does your favorite movie. If I could only call uh, younger Tim and ask him why, why Tim? Why Tim? Why didn't you like it? And he'd be like, uh, because it's a fucking piece of shit movie. <laughs> and then I'd say, little Tim, watch your language, please. 
No, I'm just kidding. Little Tim didn't talk like that. He didn't swear. Elliot. <laughs> Phone young Tim. <laughs> Ask why Tim hate you. Older e. Tim. <laughs> Not that bad. Older Tim hate E.T. because of younger Tim. <laughs> younger Tim bad. Ouch. <laughs> How are we talking about E.T.? What is going on? I don't know. Peter Coyote. Is it because E.T. reminds reminds us of a swamp? Maybe, is yeah. I, actually, E.T. would have been... Movie? E.T. would have been great in this in this swamp. He would have gr- grown some flowers. Actually, you know you can... what? You throw E.T. in this movie, and I think you've yeah. got something. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Pretty good movie. Yeah, this is a, this movie becomes pretty great with E.T. in it. Yeah. <laughs> E.T. no want to take canoes. No belong <laughs> to us. Okay. I'd like to promise that we don't go into ET anymore this episode, but I'm not going to make that promise. You can't. You can't. I can't, I can't, I can't never make that promise. make that promise now. But moving on, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Great. Uh, moving on now. Um, uh, as as these guys are paddling away in these canoes, we see a group of four Cajuns show up at the camp that they just stole the canoes from. Yeah. Now the troops see them. Some of the troops are laughing at them. Some of them are trying to yell that they're just going to borrow the canoes uh, and then return them when they're done. Yeah. And one of the guys starts shooting at them as a joke. Now, we know, since this is a training exercise, they showed it to us earlier, that these troops are using blanks. But the Cajuns don't know that. And they just immediately hit the deck like they're being fired on for real. And the sergeant starts yelling at that idiot for being an idiot. And then the sergeant is immediately shot in the head dead yeah. by the Cajuns. Just like that. Out. <laughs> well, I didn't think you'd do it so quick, Dean. <laughs> Just came to me. Peter Coyote got shot in the head. <laughs> Perfect. Ouch. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Walter Hill often likes killing uh like a figurehead off early in his movie right uh, yeah. which then leaves the other characters scrambling and trying to pick yeah. up the pieces that's like something he likes to do uh, I, I like think it. that's like a cool like director trait that he has it's, it's neat yeah very cool also this guy who shot these uh, like as a joke these blanks what an idiot absolute idiot um they all have blanks like Every, it because it's training like nobody has bullets everybody has blanks in all of their guns so i don't know what kind of joke this is and obviously if these guys have guns back there they're gonna fire back like why don't you even think that if they had a gun even if they're out hunting they're probably gonna fire back yeah yeah i mean uh, the, uh, the national guard like their guns look like real guns they are real for guns. sure they're just loaded with yeah, blanks. They are real so guns. Yeah. like the guy who was firing I think he had like an M60. He had like the, the biggest gun of anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so a very, very unprofessional thing to do. It's a bad call. It's a bad call. Now, these troops are in uh, a complete panic here. They jump out of the canoes. They're swimming in the water and they swim to shore. Now, the next in command is a uh, guy named Casper and he wants to get moving. They need to get out of there. 
but they lost their map and the radio when they jumped into the water. So they don't know where to go. The guys know that Reese brought a box of live ammo with him, though. And we see him loading his gun with all these rounds of live ammo. But they want him to share. They think that everybody should get a few bullets so everybody can protect themselves. Reese doesn't want to share. So Harding has to put a knife to his throat to convince him. Yeah, I like that they set up Reese before this also as kind of like the outdoorsman guy, like the hunter sort of, um, because he was like, as they were walking while the credits were rolling, he was kind of doing like some cool stuff. He was he was like leading the way and he was chopping things like cutting uh, fish out of nets and stuff like that. And everyone looked impressed with him. So then it makes sense that he's the one with the bullets because he's got them with him just in case he wants to hunt. Um, so uh, it just it, it just makes sense why someone has bullets out there. Oh, you thought that was like a hunting thing? That's what they said. Yeah. Oh, they said they said he br- he brings bullets along in case he wants to hunt. And that's why he didn't want to share them. He's like, they're my bullets. I brought them like for me. Oh, I missed that. I thought he was I thought yeah. it was like a survival thing. Like if anything pops off, I want to have bullets just just in case. No, I think he was he was just lucky because he he brings them in case there's something to shoot. OK, like hunting wise. Yeah. Yeah. So the troops quickly come upon a cabin And they see one of the Cajuns that shot at them. At least that's what they say. Because they barely got a look at those guys. And those guys were pretty far away at the time. And I don't know if he'd even be able to beat them back to that cabin, which is on the other side of the water than where those Cajuns were. But having them so adamant that this is one of the guys... I thought was a good look into their state of mind at this point because they're very angry at their sergeant getting killed and they're also very panicked. So they're just hyper-focused on seeing somebody who sort of looked like one of those guys and they're they're just sure that this is one of them and they have to take action. Yeah. So this is where, um, what's Powers Booth's character? Harding. Harding. So this is where I, I kind of start to connect with Harding and like Harding because he's keeping a level head. You know, everyone else is just kind of losing their losing their shit, you know, and just like uh, accusing this guy. And he's just sort of being like, are we sure it's this guy? How would we know it's this guy? This guy has one arm. Did one of the shooters have one arm? Did we even see that? Like there's an right. there's clearly something we can see on this person. Do we remember seeing that on one of them? Because I don't. So I, I just like him, uh, you know, kind of coming in and being the voice of reason right away here. Yeah. So he was a new recruit. He came from the Texas National Guard. Yeah. And uh, that impressed the Louisiana boys. So I guess mm. uh, a lot of respect for the Texas National Guard. Cool. Yeah. I don't know why. They're neighbors. They're right beside each other. I have no idea. Although I, Texas, I still... Texas is a very special place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also it's also very big, you know? It's, so it's maybe like big. being a part of the, the Texas National Guard is like bigger. Going to Louisiana is maybe smaller. I don't know. Did you ever hear the stat that Texas has more tigers than the rest of the world? I've never heard that, Tim. I, I, I heard that stat. Wow. Wow, that is an amazing stat. I don't know if it's true or not. Tigers, why? Because you're allowed to um, own exotic animals in Texas. Yeah, yeah, right. So why not get a tiger? Yeah, dumb. I mean, it's it's a tiger. (laughs) 
It's a tiger. It could kill you at any any second. <laughs> of it course. could kill you. Of course. Yes. And probably wants to. Yeah. So it does want to watch badly. out. <laughs> yeah. That's like making you know your pet a king cobra or something, and just being like, I want to yeah. get a king cobra, and uh, I want to get a black mamba because I can. Yeah. It's cool. Well, watch out because that'll kill you. Yeah. In a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the more important thing, Tim, like you said, it wants to. It wants to. Yeah. It its hates main you. goal is going you. to be to kill you. <laughs> yeah. yeah it it's a, it's you. a wild animal that you've contained in, in a You're box. You're keeping it captive. It hates you. It's tr- at any opportunity it can, it's going to kill you. Yeah. 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 So that's. Uh, that's Texas. Shout out to Texas. Yeah. No, no state tax, though, I think. No state tax. Oh, hey there. That's good. So they can afford exotic animals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should. It's the perfect move to storm. <laughs> I'd, I'd move to Texas. Sure. I would not. <laughs> no. No. It's just so warm all the time. It seems so pleasant. True. I feel like there's uh, places that are warm that you could find that might be a better fit. At Maybe. least for me. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I like Texas. I've never been there, yeah. but I definitely, I would like to go there. I'd like to go to Texas. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So they move in, Dean, on this guy. They grab him and they tie him up. He's only speaking French. He doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. They look around his cabin. They find food, guns, and dynamite. And they could use those things, Dean. (laughs) They could use food. (laughs) They could use food. They could use guns. They could use dynamite. True. Problem is that coach comes running in. He has painted a red cross on his chest and he blows up the cabin. So coach is already losing it in a very big way. What's he doing? I I felt like this happened a bit too fast in the movie. Um, I know the movie. Uh, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I I, I get that for sure. It, It feels like it's pretty, a pretty quick turn. Um, Coach freaked out immediately after some, like he was kind of the first one to freak out. And when the sergeant got shot, he just went over and started tipping everyone's like canoes over um, to get them into the water so that they wouldn't like be out in the open. I mean, maybe it's quick thinking, but then when he was accused of freaking out, he even like freaked out more. Like he got very defensive about it. So I get that he's the first one to snap, but I do think I'm I'm with you. Like this level of it was pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I understand the movie is an hour and 45 minutes. So right. there's not a lot of time to build up all of these characters, you know, yeah. especially because there's nine of them that we're following. But I would say having more time for the characters to feel the stress and the hopelessness of the situation would have worked a bit better in the movie. Yeah. But yeah. At, at the same time, do I want it to be 30 minutes longer so they can do that? No. No, but I, I honestly think you can just hold out a bit on coach here and just hold out for 10 minutes, you know, and have him kind of go crazy in 10 minutes. Yeah. So they bring the Cajun guy with them and they keep hiking. Spencer and Harding both have a better idea of how to get out of here than the current leader, Casper, but he's, yeah, he's pulling kind of rank. Well, he's just so happy to be in charge, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's power hungry like... is what's going on. 
Well, I like Casper a lot because he just reads from like the book a lot. Like he just recites things that he memorized in a book for the day that he can be the leader. Yeah. So he like, he has nothing meaningful to say. He just keeps reciting things that are in the book instead of like putting it into practice, putting it into like where they are. Um, so yeah, they don't, uh, they don't really trust this guy too much for to be the leader. No. And also because he's basically walking them in circles. Yeah. And they horrible. know it. Yeah. Spencer and Harding know it, but... <laughs> They don't want to call him out on it. Like yeah. Spencer and Harding are easily the most professional of the bunch. Yeah. Um, so they have a bit more respect for Casper and his rank. And they don't want to like risk getting court-martialed uh, if they get back. So they're just kind of like going along with it. But they have a discussion and they're like, uh, at one point they're just like, <laughs> you know, we know where the highway is. We know the highway is north. Right. We yeah. know where the sun rises and sets. So we know how to get to the highway, but Casper's <laughs> yeah. doesn't know that. And is just like no. blindly leading them through the swamp. Yeah. Just cause he's got the stripes. It's a terrible, terrible idea. It's terrible. He's, he's a terrible leader. He's a terrible leader. He's the worst leader. Now there hasn't been a tremendous amount of action in the movie yet, but things change here as they rapid fire several exciting scenes in a row. First scene, there's the scene with the dogs. Uh, pretty good scene where the guys hear dogs barking in the distance. And they're like, oh, if there's dogs, that means there's a hunter. We can mm-hmm. talk to the hunter, get some directions. We can get out of here. And as the dogs get closer, they all get more excited. They're like, the dogs are coming closer. Uh, we can get out of here. And then there's like this split second. And you can see their faces change. Mm, yeah. And they realize, oh, no. What if these dogs are hunting us? Yeah. It was a really, really great subtle moment. And as their faces changed, I kind of cued in at the same time because I was excited with them. I was kind of following their lead. I'm like, yeah, Hunter, great. Let's find this Hunter. And then, oh, yeah, they're getting closer. Great. They're actually coming to us. We don't have to go find them. They're coming to us. And then the smiles turned to like flat faces. And I was like, why are they doing that? And I was like, yeah. Oh, shit. And then, yeah, sure enough, the dogs, like three, two or three giant Rottweilers come running out. Yeah. Uh, They looked rabid and they attack the group. Um, They're able to fight them off, but they definitely take some, uh, take some damage. Yeah, they take a lot of damage. They get, uh, they get chewed up pretty badly, actually. Yeah. Now, then they keep going. They come upon a bunch of bear traps jumbled together on the ground. Dean, what did you think? What did you think of this one? (laughs) <laughs> this is funny. Is <laughs> so funny. they come they come up to a bunch of bear traps. There's like seven bear traps on the ground and just like <laughs> out in the open <laughs> and just like right in the middle of the path and they ask the guy that they have, the prisoner, they're just like, uh, "What's what's this all about? What what do we what is this?" And he's just like, "I don't know." <laughs> I just it's pretty funny. They're just obviously laid out on the path to catch them for them to step in. I think that guy said they're traps. <laughs> it's just like, "Oh, <laughs> all right, okay, thanks, and fuck off." Yeah, yeah. Um, so good. I thought it was really funny. Uh, it's easy for them just to walk around them because they know where they are. So it's yeah. not like they're not a problem. But it's just kind of funny that they're all laid out like in a in a bunch here you know they're not like strategically placed somewhere that you'll step in there's just a bunch of them in the middle of the road um maybe it's a misdirection um which i think it ends up being 
Exactly. Yeah. What what ended yeah. what ended up happening? Well, they go around, they go around it, and there's a different trap that is hidden under the ground. That is a. Uh, it's like it's like um. It's like I don't know if it's on wood or if it's on like some branches, but it's a bunch of spikes in the ground that when it's kind of like when you uh, when you step on a shovel and it hits you in the face. It's one of those kind of uh, contraptions where the guy stepped on the wood and it just flipped up into his face and he got impaled with a ton of spikes. Yeah, spikes everywhere. Like pretty good spikes in the head, spikes in the chest, spikes in the stomach, spikes in the legs. He he died right away. Spikes everywhere. Spikes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Great trap. Yeah, it was a great uh, yeah, it was a great misdirection with the uh, yeah. the seven bear traps on yeah, the ground. It's like, hey, hey, look at us. We're seven bear traps right beside each other in a circle. Hey, look at us. Look yeah. at us. Oh, you should walk around us. Yeah. Into this other trap. Exactly. <laughs> walk around it right into spike trap. Yeah, wow. That was good. And we also see Reese take the Cajun that they have uh captured to the stream where he's using water torture on him and Harding sees him do it, punches him to make him stop, which puts Harding and Reese in a knife fight against each other where Harding is able to kill Reese. And I think the Cajun uh, takes the opportunity to escape at this point as well. Uh, He gets, he gets free in the, in the commotion. So in, in the, in the commotion, he yells, kill him. Like right, in, in English. In English. He was yelling so French for a while, yeah. and then he did yell, kill him. Yeah, then he yelled, kill him. So then, you know, we're kind of like, I think us and, and Harding's like, that was English. Yeah. I think this guy might know English. I was already a little suspicious before. For sure. But then yeah. he, yeah, he screamed it in English. So then yeah. you're like, hmm. Hmm. So the troops now, Dean, they have... Three dead bodies. They have the sergeant who they've been carrying with them. They have Spike Boy who just recently died. And now Reese has been killed. So they decide they can't carry all these bodies with them any longer. And instead they decide to bury them here. I like this decision in the movie because they wanted to carry the sergeant. They didn't want to just leave the sergeant because like that's their sergeant and he just like got shot in the head and they don't just want to leave him there. He, they're like, he deserves more than that. So they're like, we're going to carry him with us and he's going to get a proper burial. But then once there's two and then three of them dead, they can't carry all these bodies. Like it's, it's that survival thing now. It's like the, the, it's going to be easier for them to survive if they don't carry these bodies. So they just end up burying them then. Yeah. There. Now, Coach, um, he's no longer speaking. He's just gone silent. So they decide to tie him up. They think that before this guy does something, you know, dangerous to them, they'll just tie him up. Yeah. And Spencer has finally had enough of Casper, who I'll give it to Casper. He realizes here that he's in over his head, and he agrees that Spencer should probably be the one to take the lead. Right. Good. Great. Now, a very creepy scene here, Dean, as the troops have been walking again for a while in the swamp, and they come upon the bodies of the three guys that they buried and left behind tied up to a stake in the ground. Man. Man, oh, man. I thought this was a vision at first. I thought it was like... Because one guy was hearing stuff and he was kind of like, 
losing it and kind of going a little crazy and running around and stuff. And so when he ran into the bodies, I thought it was just maybe him seeing it and him going. But then when everyone came up and they were all seeing it and they were like, they dug them up. Very creepy. It's like if you didn't think you were being hunted before and messed with, you definitely know you are now. Big time. Hey, Dean, you know who you shouldn't steal from? Cajuns. Yeah. 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 And I wonder, shouldn't steal from or shouldn't fire your gun at them? Probably fire the gun. I think the the firing of the gun is probably the main thing. Like they probably thought they were getting targeted. So uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, because I wonder. I wonder if they just turned around, brought the canoes back, just explained that they were on a mission and, you know, that this was supposed to be dry land, but it wasn't. So they were going to, they're planning on bringing them back anyways. I wonder what would have happened. Even the shouting of, hey, we're just borrowing them. We'll bring them back. Because the Cajuns, they looked pretty chill. They were just standing there. They're like, oh, what's going on? Until the gun shot at them and then they just hit the deck and then got up and shot. So, yeah. 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 And they left, like, the, the, the National Guard left a canoe back there so that they could come and just grab the canoes after yeah if they needed there were to. more like, they, they took three canoes but there were more than that yeah. there were like four or five or maybe even more yeah. like it, it wasn't like these um cajuns were trapped now it's just that some of their canoes yeah. have been borrowed exactly yeah uh weird part though here as these bodies you know strapped to the stake in the ground this was mm-hmm. a way of getting the troops into a circle of trees yeah giant trees and these trees start falling over like trying to Mm. kill the troops come on now come on how 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 are these huge trees falling over like they're just that good at setting up like but how 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 i know even i don't know even if these trees were already cut cut, they're too big for a person to push over yeah even if they were able to balance them you can't push them over they're too huge you're not you're not moving that tree yeah, there's true. this one didn't make any sense to me i didn't no. this was the trap i really didn't like i thought this was kind of stupid um i easily could have done without this one in the movie it just doesn't make any sense and also no. nobody died like uh, the tree didn't land on anybody they everybody got away so what's the point what's the point yeah cut that out and give us like an extra minute of coach you know he- heading to the dark side right <laughs> yeah no, I'm with you. I was a little lost at actually what was even happening here. Now, other than the very first time we saw those Cajuns, they've been completely hidden throughout this movie, which, you know, it's given them like a very interesting feeling, like yep. almost like ghostish in a way. Like you, you can't see them, but they're doing things. They're attacking you. They're killing you off, um, but you can't even see them. Uh, it, it gave them a really interesting, you know, level of power in the movie. And I, I believe it was mostly due to the swampy location that they're very used to, that the troops are not used to. Uh, but but I, I liked that we didn't see them. But Yeah, well, it's really... It's really good for our intensity and our, like, level of scare factor um, and how concerned we are because uh, what we did see was what they saw at the beginning when they were so far away from them at the dock, when they were on the canoes and they were at the dock. So we kind of saw them, but we saw them very far away. So we don't really know what they look like either. So all of this stuff's happening around them in the trees. We don't even know what they look like. So if you come across someone in the woods, 
I'm not sure if that's one of them or not. So that, I think that was very effective just showing them way off in the distance. So we like kind of know what they look like, but not really. We wouldn't really be able to recognize them. So I, th I think it's very effective uh, that, yeah, that we don't see them. We, we're kind of in their shoes. Yeah. So like seeing what we saw of the four Cajuns uh, and yeah. what the troops saw, like throw a couple descriptions out there of what you would say you saw of those Cajuns. Because we definitely didn't see anybody's face. They were too far away for that. Just no. in your head, give me two things that you like remember from the four of them. Uh, like ragged clothes. Okay. And long hair. I okay. think I remembered long hair on someone. Yeah, I would say red and I would say plaid. Th those yeah, were like yeah. the things I picked up. So they're very basic things that you can pick up on. Uh, yeah. So it's like, what do you do with that? Anytime, exactly. Anytime yeah. you see a, a long-haired character in a red coat, you're going to assume it's one of those guys. That's why they went after that guy early, early on, right? For sure, yeah. He had long hair. And he had, I believe he had like a plaid jacket on. So they're like, that yeah. was one He's of them. He's dressed the same way. He was one yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very effective though. Cause I'm like, but was he one of them? I mean, like, it's just really good that they were so far away from us that we can't really tell. Yeah. Now I don't think yeah. he was one of them. I don't think so either. Like I was trying to remember and I was like, I don't think he was actually there. No, I don't think he was one. But for not having seen them this whole movie, they do see them here now running through the trees yeah, uh, and they they still make it look good. Like you just get a flash of them, and then they're gone. You know, they're still very elusive in the trees. But um, the troops they shoot their blanks to scare them. Uh, they can't do much more. But they have four bullets left, and with those bullets, they are able to take one of the Cajuns out and then yeah. retreat. And at this point, the troops notice one of their helicopters flying overhead and they've been missing now for long enough that the guard is searching. Yeah. Now the hel helicopter couldn't see them though, because it was like very, very thick trees. So they saw the helicopter. I don't think the helicopter saw them. Yeah. I like the explanation from, uh, from Spencer as how long it's going to take before yeah, they send helicopters. That was really out. cool. It's really good because, because it's this just like mission thing, you know, this uh, training exercise it's like they're going to get pissed off before they get worried. They're yeah. going to be like, what do, What are they out doing? Why aren't they here on time before they actually get worried? So I, I really liked that, that it's going to take, you know, it's going to take a full day for them to send a helicopter out. Yeah, he had a great breakdown of that. Yeah. So one of the troops runs off after the helicopter. He, he wants to get it, I guess. He wants to flag it down. He gets stuck in a mud pool and just drowns. He, he yeah. just gets eaten up by the land, dude. The swamp takes a victim. I liked it. Yeah, I guess, you know, in a movie based in the swamp, you got to throw one of these in here. You got to show it's dangerous, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I just, I, I know that myself and a lot of people out there just hate seeing things go down in the swamp. It just For brings sure. back terrible memories of childhood movies. <laughs> um, two other troops here get separated from the main group. And they both end up getting shot and killed by the Cajuns. So we're down to three troops left. We've got Spencer, Harding, and Coach, who's tied up. Yeah. And Dean, at this point, I really have no idea how this movie's going to end. But I'm leaning to the side of hoping that they all get killed. I, I feel like that 
is where it might be going and I'd be okay with it going in that direction. But I don't know. It's, it's, you know, again, it was just, I thought it was left open nicely to what might happen because for sure, yeah. people are getting killed, you know, one after another, but we're sort of left with our two main players still. So um, it is still up in the air. Did you feel, did you feel that at all? Did you pick up on feelings like that? I did. Yeah. Because at this point, I think, um, I think if you're like, if they just get rescued, kind of what, what's the point, you know, what, what did they do? What's the, what, if they just, if they just find the highway and get rescued, like, I'm not sure that's satisfying enough. So I was thinking like, okay, they're probably going to die and maybe they'll get out, but something else has to happen if they're going to get out. Yeah. Like I was just feeling like none of them are really likable. So yeah, you said Harding, you explained why, you know, you you thought Harding worked. I I tend to agree with that, but this group of guys, like you don't really want to cheer for them because they're not great guys. You know, half of them are assholes. Um, You know, some of them just really can't handle the situation, but there's nothing like redeeming about them. I feel like, the only reason that we're led to want to cheer for them is because they're the people in the movie we're following. So we're kind of like, um, it's implied that we should be cheering for them because they're the focus of the movie. But, uh, I don't, I don't really care for any of them. Yeah. I, I would say if I had to guess at this point in the movie, I would say that Harding is making it out and that's it. And that's because he's sort of the, he's the new guy. He's, you know, just been placed with this unit of assholes. He's trying to be logical along the way. He's had to make tough decisions because of the rest of them being assholes. So I think for his character, it does make sense for me for him to make it out. Just for it to be like, wow, that was a really bad placement for him with all these jerks. And they all died and he made it out. That makes sense to me. So I would say, yeah, at this point, I I would think he's the only one making it out. Right. So they go to sleep. And they wake up to the sound of a train going past because apparently they fell asleep right beside some train tracks. Right. Yeah. They run over to the tracks and they find coach hanging dead from the tracks. Yeah. And their hostage, their hostage from earlier is standing on the tracks and he tells them that they live here and want to be Mm -hmm. left alone. He says he doesn't want to kill them if he doesn't have to. And he points them in the direction of a road. Yeah. This was, I was, wasn't expecting this. I was not expecting this. I thought when you saw him and he was talking English, it would be like, okay, this is a guy that's been hunting them. But it, yeah, it wasn't really that way. He, he, yeah, no, he wasn't one of the to, hunters. No, he pointed them to ro- towards the road. I like that. He says, you know, this is our place. We don't want to kill you. Like they, they are just doing this exercise and they shot at people. Like as far as they know, as far as the people know, they shot at them. So like, of course they're hunting them down. That's what, like, that's why they're doing it. They don't want you in your, in their, in their home. So, uh, I, yeah, I liked this part a lot. And I liked that he just pointed towards the road and he said, get out of here, you know, get the hell out of here. Yeah. So they find the road and they stop a truck and the driver says that they can hop on the back and he'll take them to the next town. Now they get there and damn, man, I wouldn't call this much of a town. No. It looked more like a campground. It was, it was a, yeah, it was definitely a campground. I really like 
how, how like scared they kind of were and like oh, apprehensive yeah. to get in the truck. And then when they get in the back of the truck, they're in the back with pigs who two, are two clearly hogs. being taken there. Giant hogs who are clearly being taken there to slaughter. Yeah. So they are in they are in the back with the things that are being taken there to slaughter. So I like that they're all kind of grouped together there. You still feel very uneasy with them back there with the with the hogs. That's a great point. I definitely noticed yeah. that as well. It just it felt like they were just now part of the like the kill, you know, going yes. to the town. Like they're just more like more meat for the town in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. These got, people with the truck are just like, we didn't even have to run these two down. They just hopped in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just because they get in a truck, you do not feel comfortable. No. Uh, and then when you get to this town, it's, yeah. it's you're definitely like, this is not a great scenario because everyone no. there is speaking French, you know. Uh, they're roasting a full pig in the middle of the street. Yeah. There's no modern conveniences that you can see, but everyone's having a great time. Everyone's drinking, they're dancing, they're smiling, there's music playing, there's lots of food going around. So it like it looked like a nice place to visit, but unfortunately for Spencer and Harding, there's no phone for them to call anybody, which is what they need to do here. Yeah, yeah. And then some bad news, Dean. What's that? They see the Cajuns they've been fighting with pull up to this village or campground in a canoe. Yeah, and I like that they're not sure still. They're like, do you think that's them? And they're like, "I they could be them, but they can't really hurt us because we're in, like, we're in this, we're a bunch of people. They're not going to do anything to us in, in front of all these people. That, well, that's right. Yeah. Well, Spencer doesn't think that they'll kill them. Yeah. Harding, Harding the other side of the argument. He's like, they yeah. will kill us. They don't care. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought it was cool that like this is where those Cajun hunters live. This is their town. For sure. So yeah. uh, really interesting feelings going on. For sure. For sure. Uh, feelings of terror and dread going through my body yes. as yes. we realize these two troops have like, you know, gone into the hornet's nest here. Yes, for sure. So even even if the people driving them there, even if that like it was just their plan to be nice and drive them there, it doesn't matter anymore because the people who have been hunting them just pulled up. So there are people there that want them dead. Yeah, and Harding sees those Cajuns go and talk to the driver of the truck who brought them in. And then they see him set up a couple of nooses after talking to the Cajuns. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's bad. Yeah. But we see the nooses aren't actually for them. Right. And in a very disgusting scene, Dean, where they kill those hogs, they skin them, and they hang the hogs from the noose. This it was, was so gory. So gross because it was... So real. So real. They 100% killed these two hogs on screen and skinned them. Yeah. And this was disturbing. I did not like this at all. No. And cut them open for all of their like guts to spill out. All of their organs. They cut the throat open. Blood poured out. They cut the stomach open. Pulled out the organs. Uh, yeah. sorry. Uh, let me back up 15 seconds. Hey, <laughs> listeners, if you're squeamish, maybe skip over the next minute. Yeah. Sorry about that. 
And then they skin these hogs and then they hang them from the noose. Yep. Now I get it. Like this village, this is how they survive. You know, they survive off the land. They're hunters. Um, They need to do that. But this is a movie. (laughs) You don't need to do that in the movie. (laughs) This is a movie. You could even just tell us that you're doing that. Yeah. And not do that to the animals. That'd be cool. Yeah. You know, I get it. For sure. Different time. Different time. Things have changed. I mean, we got it. We've talked about this before. Things have changed for the better in this regard. Yeah. I mean, like we understood when they set up the nooses and they like shot the hogs. We knew it was happening. We didn't need to see it Exactly. That's yeah. exactly where I picked up on it as well. Yeah. They shot the hog yeah. and I'm like, they're going to hang the hogs. It's not for the, they're hanging the hogs. The yeah. They're hanging the hogs. Well, in an uh, interesting twist of events, um, Dean Spencer actually likes it here in the village. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's drinking. He has a nice dance. <laughs> he's dancing with a lady. Yeah. He had a nice he's, dance. He's digging in for the long term. Yeah. But Harding tries to escape, but is stopped by one of the Cajuns that was after him. He shoots Harding in the arm, then puts the gun to his head. But Spencer runs in with a machine gun, starts shooting the blanks, which gives Harding the chance to stab the Cajun in the balls. And the two of them run off with other Cajuns in pursuit. Now Harding and Spencer are sneaking around. They're killing Cajuns to stay alive. Um, in a really interesting juxtaposition with the camera cutting in and out of them and this dance hall that Spencer was just in where everybody's having a great time dancing yeah. and this yeah. like uh, Louisiana music is pumping hard. Uh, it was really intense going back and forth uh, between those uh, yeah. different scenarios. For sure. But they're able to sneak out. Then they see... Another helicopter fly overhead. Spencer and Harding run after it. And they see a National Guard truck pulling into the village. Hmm. Everything slows down as the truck's coming in. Slow motion. Spencer and Harding look at each other just kind of in like in awe. Like they don't even, they can't even believe what's happening. The movie freezes on the National Guard star on the side of the truck and the end. Pretty good intense scene at the end here with all this action happening. I think it's uh I think it's pretty effective, you know, with them even just like starting to try to sneak around because they know there's guys there that will recognize them. So I, I, I thought that was pretty good. Um I, I felt myself really getting into the end while they were sneaking around there is a it was a different atmosphere than we've had where they've been in, you know, sort of the swamp the whole time. And now they're kind of indoors, but heavily populated areas, but trying to somehow, you know, keep their eyes out, kind of escape, you know, make sure that they're not being seen by the, the, those other guys. So um, and then the, the fighting happens and uh, there's like pretty it's pretty intense fighting. Um, we haven't really had a lot of action and this is a pretty action heavy, you know, final scene here. So I, I liked it. I liked the ending of this movie. Same. I think for me, the ending made this movie. Yeah. Without this ending, I'm not really a fan. With this ending, I, get I that. think this is a really good movie. Yeah. That's kind of what that's kind of what I meant before when it's like if they make it out of here, it's like what was kind of the point. So I like that they 
got into the camp, you know, we and they had to like fight their way out. I felt like then they sort of deserved to get out of it um, because they sort of fought, fought their way out of it. Yeah, the idea that they'd be hunted this whole movie and then end up in the hunter's village yeah. was so unsettling as it was happening. Yeah. And like the dread was just oozing through the screen uh, as I was watching. Um, Same with the hog guts. They were also oozing through the screen. <laughs> yeah, those were, that, those were uh, yeah, oozing onto my carpet. They were making a Yeah, it was all happening at the same carpet. time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got to clean that carpet up, man. <laughs> And yeah, damn, we just cleaned up after the Halloween special. Now I got to get the maid back in here. <laughs> shoot, shoot. Shit. Um, I just thought it was really interesting because you don't know what's going on. They get to yep. that village. You don't know if this entire village is against them and are going to kill him, going to yeah. kill them whenever they want. But they're just teasing them, like pretending that they're accepting them into the village. You don't know what's happening. You don't know if this village is safe. You don't know if they're yeah. gonna, they would welcome them in. You don't know if they'd let them live there for 50 years. You don't know what's going on. Then these the hunters show up in their canoe. You don't know like if they have the power to tell the town to kill them and they'll kill them. Yeah. Or if the hunters have to sneak through and do it themselves. There's so much uncertainty going on here. And... Yeah. They don't really do anything to tell you one way or the other. They just kind of let the, you know the hunters and the uh, let it play out. The, the the you know Harding and Spencer just fight it out. Yeah, uh, but it was just really really interesting. I was so anxious the whole time. I, yeah. I loved the feeling that it gave me. I was so worried, but yet everything was this village was so cool and this music yeah. that's playing. It's like it's so intense. Oh, man, they just did like. I thought they did such a good job with that final scene. And yeah, it was, uh, it was really great. The only thing that I wish, I wish that Harding and Spencer got killed in that village because, yeah, okay. And here's my explanation for it. Um, it's because if Harding and Spencer get out, they're going to explain what has happened. Yeah. And this village is going to get ransacked by the National Guard and wiped out. Yeah. And I don't think that's a fair... Um, that's not fair retribution for the Cajuns for what went on in this movie. They were just defending themselves. Um, they have this, like, really unique little bubble that they live in, uh, kind of outside of the world. You know, they live off the land. They just hunt. They just want to be left alone. And then a group of fucking idiot troops wander in and shoot at them, and and then... You know, they defend themselves, they defend their home, they defend their territory, but a couple of them are going to get out, and now they're most likely going to get wiped out. And I don't think that's yeah. fair. I think it would have been, for me, it would have been a lot better if those two troops got killed and the, the National Guard knew nothing of it, nothing better. Yeah. All, all that they can report is nine troops went into the swamp, they got lost, and they got killed. They they died. Yeah, I think I, I, think I still... I'm with you, but I think I still want Harding to get out and just not go back to the National Guard. Like, I want him to kind of escape and not go back because, like, he killed... It, that would never happen, though. Like, if Harding gets out, he's going to be questioned by the National Guard. They're going to... I know. They're going to get he, the information like, out of him. So, I, yeah. He killed... Like, he killed someone in his own crew. So he's, like... He's going to be arrested anyways. So I, that's why I feel like he gets out and then he kind of goes on the run 
is sort of the only thing that for me I would have liked for him to for them to sort of escape. Um, because yeah, I don't want them both to escape. Um, but I, I still I like I felt like he was just thrown into this. You know, I got I got a feeling that he wasn't such a bad guy and he was just kind of thrown into it. So I wanted him out somehow. But yeah, I get you. Yeah, I mean he signed up for it, right? So he didn't just he didn't yeah. really get thrown into it. He you know. He made it to a new no, no, group. No, but, he, but... Got, he, he got thrown into this group of assholes is, is well, really what it is. He he was new to the group. I mean, yeah, there could have been many other people who are also new to the group, right? Yeah. We don't, we don't yeah. know how many of those people were new. So I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't think it works. I don't think yeah. there's any... Like, I, I think if Harding gets out, this village still gets wiped out. Like, I just think if anybody gets, gets out... And Harding even said it. He said, they're going to kill us because we're the witnesses. That was a right. line yeah. he had. They, they have at, to at kill the end, him. Yeah. Spencer was like, they're not going to kill us. It'll be fine. And he says, they have to kill us. We're witnesses. Yeah. So I think even yeah. by saying that, like Harding, he's saying like, if even if he gets out, like this is going to get out. There's no way yeah, to hide sure. this. He's not just going to stay silent. He's not going to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to talk about this group of savage hunters who killed our entire troop. You know, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to side with them and be against the National Guard and just walk away, you know, into the distance and, and be done with it. Like he, he for sure would have been on board with like pointing them out and saying, yeah, these, these guys attacked us. They killed our whole troop, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, but just he, like he killed someone in his troop. So that's why I felt like he would have to be on the run, but he, he wouldn't he, be able to go that's back. That's one them. thing he would never have to admit to. He could easily right. just say that's someone true. else did that. Right. He could easily yeah, say true. these yeah. guys killed all of our troops. You no, know, that's a good point. Yeah, this guy got stabbed. This guy got yeah. 17 spikes through his body. Um, he, he easily could have escaped out of that. But I, what I don't yeah. think he would have done is sided with the Cajuns and been like, I just hate the National Guard. I'm out. I think for sure yeah. the yeah. truth would have come out. He would have been happy to say it. And this village and this lifestyle, this community that looked way more fun than than the National Guard. They were having a great time partying. <laughs> they were having a great time. I, I, would, great I would vacation at this village, but I don't know if I'd vacation at the National Guard. They're going to get wiped out, you know, because yeah. uh, these guys got away. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Sounds like for me that I, it sounds like I'm on the side of the Cajuns. It sounds like that's who I'm cheering for in the movie, which I didn't really know until we uh, had this discussion. <laughs> right. but I think that's <laughs> right. apparent now. Yeah, <laughs> from yeah, what, what I've been ranting about. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, just a sort of one last comment about the end here. I think it was a really smart um, decision to go uh, out of the jungle and then into this town just because uh, we kind of got comfortable. Not the jungle, sorry, the swamp. We kind of got comfortable in the swamp. So like now we knew if we came across anyone, that was going to be a problem. So what did they do? They take us into a place where there's a bunch of people and we have no idea of those tons of people who's bad and who's good. So I think it was a really good job of uh, changing the intensity where it was at first not seeing anyone. And then that was the, 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 that's what was making us sort of on edge and then putting us into a bunch of people and making that what is getting us on edge. So it was a cool twist at the end there. Yeah, and I mean, they were kind of building to that a little bit in the movie because the troops, they were trying to just make it to the interstate. That's how they knew they could get out. So yeah. the movie makes you feel like if they could at least just find people, they'll be safe. You know, almost like one of those, like a horror movie trope where you're being chased in the forest by the monster. And if you can get out and just find a single person that you can t say like, look, I'm being chased. I need help. Yeah the movie can end and you can be okay. 
So they got that. They got the the people, but it, it was not it was just it wasn't, you know, an escape from the monsters. It was the place where the monsters lived. It, it, yeah. You were you went to the monster pit. So yeah. it, it was a really, really interesting um it was an interesting way to go with the movie. And again, I will reiterate that I think that ending is what makes this movie so great. It's such yeah. it's the movie is a slow burn and a slow build up to this very, very intense ending. And it just it was such a great payoff. Uh I was just I was on the edge of my seat in that final scene. Yeah. Yeah, I like that you said that there could have been a monster there, because that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, if this was like a crocodile after them, I would also be so into it. You know, it's like, that's the exact feel it was. It was like a feel that it was like one of those, everybody's in a situation and there's a giant creature that attacks them. And then they're just like trying to get out of there and they're losing their mind and all that stuff. So I I thought that that was... uh, it didn't have as much sort of fun as those types of movies have. Yeah. Um, but it had that sort of thriller aspect to it, which is what I was kind of getting on board with and why I kind of liked it. Cool. Right on. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Dean. It was just kind of like a random shot in the dark with that movie, but yeah. uh, I had a great time watching it. Uh, great, yeah. A great time talking about it with you. For sure. Cool. Well, that'll be it for, for that one. Um, everybody listening, if you'd like to support Talking Back, there's a few ways you can do that. Uh, we would ask you to please tell your friends about the podcast to get them listening. You can also leave a review and rating on your favorite podcast app. You could choose to send a one-time donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com slash talking back, be it 50 cents, be it a dollar, be it $2 be it a million dollars, whatever you want. A million? There are all of these are options. A million? It's whatever they want, Dean. It's not up to me. It's it's whatever. Whatever, you know, whatever the listener feels comfortable with. I'm yep. comfortable with a million. Like receiving, <laughs> receiving a million. I'm comfortable with receiving a million. Yeah, yeah, that's the... Just so everyone knows. That would be a comfortable feeling. It'd be comfortable. I, I, yeah. I, won't, I won't lie. That'd be comfortable. Yeah. Uh, You could also sign up to be a patron and gain access to exclusive episodes over at patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast. This is my recommended avenue because we, we, when you, when the, if a listener does this, we create a a symbiotic relationship where they, they support us. And then in return, we support them with exclusive bonus episodes. Um, our most fun episodes. Yes, we really let it go in those ones. You thought you had a lot of ET in this episode. Just oh my wait, goodness. just wait just until wait. you hear a Patreon episode. Just wait, and if you don't like the ET stuff, we don't we don't do it. On those, we episodes. don't do it. We yeah. don't do it. Whatever you like is what yeah, we do over exa- there. Whatever you like is yeah. what happens on Patreon. Yeah, yeah. So now that this episode's done, everybody, don't worry. Okay, the night's not finished yet. It's early. Things are just getting going. Or maybe it's the morning or maybe it's the afternoon. What I'm trying to say is there's a ton of time left in the day, no matter what. So head on over to BFOPnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like. Dean, thank you for joining. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Catch you next time.
time. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get